This is a bonus episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Chesky. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student. And if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. Now, this is a very special episode. I thought I would be done with it sooner, but I kept digging and I just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So brief background. Tucker Carlson has a show on Fox Nation, which is Fox News's streaming platform. And the name of that show is Tucker Carlson Today. And it's a totally different set. I suspect it's in his compound in Maine. So he shoots his show now. It's all wood and it's, it's very different looking. Like you immediately know he's on the set of Tucker Carlson Today. So last week on that show, he does like extended interviews, usually about an hour, sometimes a little bit shorter, sometimes a little bit longer with any number of, of different types of people. Um, you know, all right wing, all kind of adhering to Tucker Carlson's viewpoint. So last week he had a, a three minute segment that was short clips from a much longer interview on Tucker Carlson today. And it was of a young woman who he introduced uh, merely as Catherine D. D spelled D-E-E. And I was a little confused because I'd never heard of this woman and there wasn't much to the interview, just short clips. And she basically was like, well, we're all searching for more meaning. The internet is bad. And then at the end of her segment, he turns to the camera and says, so it turns out there is a connection between internet use and mass shootings. Not everyone who's on the internet all the time obviously becomes a murderer, but there's still a connection. And it's interesting how so few want to explore it. So I had no idea what he was talking about as Dee hadn't really explored that in the segment. She also hadn't offered any data or mentioned a study. She'd made a few broad statements that were quite vague regarding the internet and culture. So I Googled her name and I couldn't find much of anything besides the Substack channel Carlson had mentioned. So I kept digging. She wasn't a criminologist, a licensed therapist, a data scientist or psychologist. From what I could tell, Catherine D was just a woman who had really strong opinions. She's the epitome of a bogus expert. Now, I'm not sh I'm sure she doesn't view herself in this way, but her lack of credentials erodes her credibility. So every week, if you're not a regular listener, I feature a segment frequently called Bogus Expert of the Week. A bogus expert is someone who is invited on Fox News to speak on a topic, but who also lacks any expertise or education in the subject. Fake experts like this are commonly used in propaganda. Most dubious experts on Fox News discuss COVID-19, but for instance, have no science or medical training. Another common trend on the network is someone with a background in journalism or public relations who then writes books about climate change. The person has never even had a college course in any science, but they'll pull data sets from various studies and present themselves as mavericks who interpreted the data in such a way that they've debunked any dire predictions by climate sciences. This is very commonly done on Fox News. So I'm going to tell this story a bit backwards, as this is how I discovered D 
and what she was really promoting. I found overlap of Catherine D's ideas with hateful ideologies almost immediately. So if I found this as a lone reporter, surely the large staff on Tucker Carlson tonight might have seen the same thing. So I'm going to start with a podcast. This episode is publicly accessible and highly promoted by Dee herself. I'm going to just cut this up and walk you through it as we go through it. Now, quickly, I want to give everybody a trigger warning. Uh, this episode contains dark themes and ideas around a mass shooter. White supremacy, white nationalism, homophobia, and pedophilia are also briefly discussed. This is extreme content. If content like this is upsetting to you, you might not want to consume this podcast. Um, I'm very serious about that. I'd rather tell you now than get a bunch of complaints and people who are very upset with me. So I'm used to this type of content, and the reason why I'm sharing this with you and the world is because I found it very deeply disturbing that Tucker Carlson tonight would elevate this woman and put her on his show and open her up to about 4 million viewers. He also put her on, uh, that's for the next episode, but on Tucker Carlson today, he just gushed and raved about her. I have far different opinions about her and her content. So here we go. The Ghost of Adam Lanza, part one. Podcast episode. Catherine D, host. Catherine D is an alias. I explore more about her lack of transparency in the next installment about this story. Blithering genius of wayward Axtoli. I'm going to call him BG. This is also an alias. The podcast itself. Dee described this as my favorite thing I've ever recorded. If you want an intro into my work, it should be this. This is, again, publicly available for anyone. Uh, so I'm not breaking any sort of copyright law. This is called fair use because I am offering criticism and commentary. So the host starts by introducing her guest by saying she doesn't know anything about him. Basically, she openly admits that she hasn't done any research or vetting on her main subject. Um, I actually don't know anything about you, um, so mm. I can't even really introduce you. You're a YouTuber and a, a blogger, and I follow you on Twitter, but I, I don't really know. I don't know what your background is or what your, your core interests. Okay, that voice that you just heard is Catherine D. herself. Um, you're going to hear more from BG, her guest, throughout this episode. And that gives you a little bit of a window into who we're dealing with. This is a person who decided to do a podcast with the main other person in the podcast she hasn't bothered to do any research on. This is almost a cautionary tale of like why you should do research on people before you put them on your podcast. I found you because you uh, wrote a really interesting essay called The Ghost of Adam Lanza about his YouTube channel, um, which had been re-uploaded in, I think, 2019. So you're probably familiar with that name. Adam Lanza is the person responsible for the mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School that resulted in the death of 20 young children, six adults, and Lanza himself. So since Dee didn't provide any details about this man she was about to interview, I decided to look him up on my own. I found an audio recording on his YouTube channel called The Rise and Fall of the Alt-Right. BG, as that's what I'm gonna call him for the rest of this episode, described himself as a race realist, which most people would probably describe as racist. This, these are his own words from the rise and the fall of the alt-right. Uh, race is real. 
different races behave in different ways. They produce different societies and different social outcomes. And if we ignore that, then we're just in denial of reality. My apologies. I've been having some technical problems tonight. Um, the word that's cut off is reality. So that last sentence is, and if we ignore it, then we're just in denial of reality. So it's kind of a harsh uh, viewpoint on race. Um, he also expressed extremely problematic views about homosexuality. Although he didn't think LGBTQ folks should be persecuted for being gay, he strongly felt that homosexuality was a form of sexual deviancy and a mental disorder. So as awful as his viewpoints were on race and the LGBT community, the same man did reject anti-Semitism outright. He was very clear on that. I'll give him that much. Um, he did discuss the alt-right at length and anti-Semitism came up and he said, oh, I just think that's ridiculous. So not an anti-Semite, but he has some problematic views. So I'm just going to add that I have no way of knowing if anybody from Tucker Carlson tonight or Tucker Carlson today or any of his staff have listened to this recording know about this recording. I don't know if Tucker Carlson is listening to this recording. I have no way of knowing that. I just know that Catherine D is very closely associated with this recording and that she promotes it herself quite aggressively and she's very proud of it. So I'll just leave that there. So now on to the actual recording. Overall, both D and BG spent a lot of time obsessing over the various philosophies that Adam Lanza adhered to. They also included audio recordings from Lanza's YouTube videos. I will not be including any clips from Lanza's recordings. I don't think amplifying his voice serves any useful purpose. But in most of them, he's presenting a system of ideas to the world. And uh, it's a very, I would say it's almost unique or a unique system of ideas. It has connections to other philosophical positions, but it is very, um, isolated, really. I mean, it is its own thing. And he calls it eulavism. So he's presenting this idea of eulavism. But he also talks about how he got to this position. And some of his other views about culture, and, uh, you know, other things about himself and stuff like that. So. so they also played several clips of Lanza himself expressing his opinions about various subjects. Most of what they played were clips of a very self-important and self-obsessed pretentious young man wondering about the meaning of life he sounded like most angst-riddled young men to be quite frank um d and bg presented him as some kind of great mind i've tried to look up various philosophies discussed throughout this piece but i couldn't even figure out how to spell them other than the one that is discussed over and over again which is Antinatalism. Antinatalism is a philosophy that promotes the idea that human beings shouldn't reproduce. It could also be considered anti-life itself or extremely nihilistic or misanthropic. Basically, somebody doesn't like other people. I'm only sharing this tiny sliver of the discussion as most of it came across as intellectual masturbation. It was just two people who wanted to show off that they knew a lot about obscure worldviews that ultimately didn't have much bearing on Lanza or his crime. And he was part of some of those circles on YouTube too, like the Ephelists and the, the broader circle of antinatalists, but also I think more generally the, the sort of heretical discourse space on YouTube. Like he was aware of these other points in that space. Okay, as you can hear there, it's largely psychobabble. Imagine an hour of that kind of language. So I just want to point out that mass shooters will kill for any number of reasons. 
The source of inspiration could be as innocuous as a superhero movie. James Egan Holmes walked into a showing of The Dark Knight Rises dressed as a character in the film when he sprayed the theater with bullets, killing 12 and injuring 70. I have no doubt that fans of Holmes have dissected every aspect of The Dark Knight to try to discover why a work of fiction might inspire a man to commit mass murder. It's all meaningless. Figuring out a book or an obscure philosophy will not prevent or predict the next mass shooting. Figuring out Lanza's worldview will not help prevent another tragedy. What might help is a detailed analysis of his mental and emotional state, the nature of his family dynamics, or any abuse that he may or may not have suffered in his past. D and BG are not qualified to discuss his medical condition, so instead they fixate on philosophies Lanza himself created. Overall, their tone towards Lanza was sympathetic. You'd never know they were talking about someone who slaughtered 20 first graders in cold blood. But if you take just the videos and you don't know that that Sandy Hook happens, right? He feels eccentric in this way that it feels really rare now. I I feel like there's a lot of performance that happens um, and a lot of it's like easier to to get status by being kind of an Internet weirdo. So it's it's kind of hard to meet more. Yeah, well, it felt at times that Dee and her guest were trying to canonize Lanza in some ways. But but yeah, Lanza comes across as being very authentic, like very concerned with what he's saying and not like not performing at all. Right. He's not trying to be liked. He's not trying to be cool. He's not trying to make a buck. He is just telling you what he believes. Uh yeah, I mean, I really wish I could have talked to him because he, you know, he presents a very interesting character and a very tragic character, obviously, but, uh, but that's in retrospect. Again, if you break down that statement, he only added the very tragic character at the end of the phrase. The rest of the wording appears to hold Lanza up as a likable or admirable character. So I'm going to break it down. He says, he's not trying to be liked. He's not trying to be cool. He's not trying to make a buck. He's just telling you what he believes. I really wish I could have talked to him. So in reality, he was a troubled young man with a mother who was in deep denial about his many emotional and mental problems. She ignored all the warning signs and gave him easy access to extremely dangerous weapons. If someone spent this much time and focus on a dozen mass shooters, they certainly wouldn't find that all of them shared the same ideas. Even if they all made YouTube videos where they pondered the great questions of life, they just wouldn't line up. It's not as if mass shooters pick up a manual or adopt a single doctrine. Now, it's not, it's not as, as um, one-sided as Lanza views it, but, uh, you know, he, he was making valid critiques, if somewhat one-sided, of culture, human nature, etc. He was not crazy. He was not just, you know saying, I hate life. He wasn't just saying life sucks and, you know, whatever. So why does any of this matter? Lanza took the life of 26 people, including 20 young children. Why would anyone care about the quality of his ideas, his intelligence, or his worldview? It just felt like Dee and her guests were elevating this young murderer in an extremely dangerous way. Most people never ask the questions that Lanza asked. You know, like they never ask the question, what is the purpose of life? Or is life good, right? 
And Ephelists ask that question. Eulavism is asking the question, right? Well, it gives an answer to it as well, but you know, most people don't even ask the question. Okay, Euvalism is a philosophy that Adam Lanza created for himself. I have no idea what Ephelis means, and I honestly don't care. I found that section to be downright comical. Had this man ever sat in a commons area in any college campus? This is exactly what young people do. Asking deep questions is hardly unique to any mindset or philosophy. Okay, now things are about to get much darker in this recording. I also want to point out again that this podcast was produced by a woman that Tucker Carlson basically called a genius in his hour-long interview with her. Tucker Carlson, or at least someone from his staff, has to know that this recording exists. How could they not? Maybe they don't. And if they don't, then they're not vetting their sources. I'm sharing so much detail from this recording because I really wanted to get across how disturbing it was and how it seems to cater to at-risk young men like Lanza. Why would Tucker Carlson want to increase the audience for someone like Catherine D? Why would he want to elevate such disturbing content? You know, especially his points about pedophilia, this is something that I think like sort of like less wrong style uh, you know, people, you know, get in trouble for to this day. This uh, is it wrong or have, you know, have we bullied people into assigning trauma to certain events? I, I'm, you know, just to be, be clearing of a disclaimer, I'm, I obviously believe it's wrong. And her guest, BG, continued down this disturbing path. Uh, you know, his sexuality or whatever is not uh part of the arguments yeah i mean the, he he did seem very concerned about that issue uh and mostly it was because yeah in his view this was just culture this was just uh an arbitrary value that was imposed on people and people were being punished for you know acting on their feral values and uh so both D and bg couldn't figure out why more people hadn't explored lanza's videos or online footprint they couldn't uh, see why exploring his content in such a reverent way could be problematic. There's some acknowledgement of his his personality. I mean, not not about the videos, um, that's for sure. But there's some acknowledgement um, of his worldview. Um, but it's I, I don't think people are very very interested in it for some reason. I think they they're kind of committed to thinking of him as. Uh, just a, a crazed killer where there's no explanation. And I, I, I get it. I, I find him like very hard to understand. You read his chat logs and he has this very sort of like of the era, uh, like, you know, kind of like raw, I'm so random, XD, 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 like weeaboo kind of humor, which contrasts the videos, which contrasts with his like hybristophilia or whatever was going on there. Now, near the very end of the broadcast, this discussion skids off into the absolute worst of humanity. Worse even than fixating on a man who murdered 20 children in cold blood. And I think when, when these, these sort of subcultures are acknowledged, it's, they get the, the, you know, the neo-Nazi label or whatever kind of immediately. But that's not, that's not really the move. Right. So that they ne we never get a full picture of what exactly is going on there and, and what are the mechanisms and what are what's the average person like? It's always sort of 
you know, who's who's the the edge case that does something that does something very, very horrific. And what can we learn from them instead of what can we learn from what's happening? Most people might react when a conversation starts to go down the, but what about the misunderstood Nazis path? But D and BG did not seem concerned. Now, how would this not be an issue for anyone at Fox News? I don't have proof that someone at Fox listened to this and greenlit the interview. I have no evidence either way. It does seem odd, though, that someone wouldn't have checked this out first, considering... Dee has this pinned on her Twitter account, featured on her Substack account, and it's basically the first thing that comes up when you search for her on the internet. So now they're going to tie it back to that original uh, philosophy of antinatalism, but of course, take it to a much darker place. I mean, there is like a kind of acknowledgement of a certain view that ch having children is bad, but there isn't much awareness in the public of antinatalism as an ideology or like what they believe and, and stuff like that. Like if you contrast it with like white nationalism or men's rights, those got a lot more attention and provoked a much bigger backlash than something which literally says we should, you know, go extinct. So I mean, it's just interesting that, you know, <laughs> saying I want a homeland for my race or uh, can we at least, you know, openly discuss race differences is like the epitome of evil, whereas saying we should, you know, the entire human species should go extinct or all life should be annihilated is just like meh, you know, it's like nothing. So he's basically saying this obscure philosophy is worse than white nationalism. I don't think I've ever heard of an armed militia filled with anti-natalism adherents, but armed groups of racist extremists have been a problem in the United States for decades. Race-related hate crimes are a real thing that happen. There's also been a history of crimes that are related back to the extreme hatred of women that's often inflamed by men's rights activist groups. Racially motivated hate crimes often have nothing to do with mass shooters. To compare a deeply disturbed young man acting out in an invented philosophy he created in his own mind with white supremacy makes absolutely no sense. There might be a few antinatalists who exchange ideas online, but there's no evidence of a history of death and destruction linked to that mindset. The same cannot be said for white supremacy. Tens of millions died during the Second World War in many ways due to the adoption of white supremacy as nationalist dogma. I wish it didn't get worse, but this recording continues to get worse. Let's say you just say, I don't want whites to disappear as a race. Well, now that's the epitome of evil. And it's not just because it's, uh, you know, biased or whatever. It's because that view is in opposition to humanist values, whereas ethelism and, and antinatalism are kind of aligned with those values. So they're not really perceived. They're kind of perceived as, as an extreme version of the left. Well, I guess that's generally true of all extreme left-wing movements is that they're not really perceived as very threatening. I think BG should probably listen to Fox News talk about socialism sometime or the squad or progressivism or social justice. Uh, the network portrays all of these concepts as quite dangerous and quite threatening. So Dee's ultimate conclusion was that Lanza might have pulled himself out of his downward spiral if he just found religion. <sighs> Now, I could list several thousand instances of human beings going on killing rampages 
in the name of any number of gods, but the idea that someone would attach a twisted philosophy to a religion just did not seem to occur to her. I, I wondered, in listening to, to uh, Adam Lanza's YouTube videos, like, is this someone who would have been served if he was, or, you know, better served by just uh, finding God? Would he have eventually found God? Was that totally off the table for him due to just what he, he believed to his core? Um, you know, could he have even, in a detached way, embraced a tradition and used that to get through it? I mean, he was so young. He was, it's, I think it's easy to forget he was only 20. Notice how she didn't say that maybe he needed therapy or medication, but that somehow a belief in God would have pulled him out of this. That works for some folks, but obviously it doesn't work for everyone. And some mental illnesses can really only be treated with medical intervention, not prayer. I searched through the transcript of this recording for the words gun, firearm, rifle, and weapon, and none were ever mentioned. The word victim was used exactly once and it was not in reference to the victims at Sandy Hook Elementary School. The easy access to high-powered firearms was not even considered a factor here. There was also never a discussion about why mass shootings like the one Lanza committed are seemingly only an American phenomena. Mass shootings and school shootings occur in other countries, but nowhere near as often as they do in the United States. The episode ended with a quote by Lanza about school. So to me, this entire endeavor felt like a philosophical entry-level course for future mass shooters. I can see why an episode like this would be popular as content about mass shooters, serial killers, and true crime in general have a large audience. There's also a morbid subculture that is obsessed with killers like Lanza. Now, I honestly couldn't tell if Catherine D. had dark motivations or if she was just so detached and obsessed with theories that she couldn't see what she was tacitly promoting. In the case of this podcast, it was her guest who made most of the disturbing comments, not D. herself. At the same time, she didn't seem troubled or bothered by anything he said. So why would Tucker Carlson want to elevate a voice like this? Why is something this sinister and twisted featured on T Tucker Carlson today? I cannot see inside the mind of Carlson or his motivation, but I suspect featuring Catherine D may have been a nod to his more extremist fan base. Now coming up, the next installment of the series should drop tomorrow. I'm going to break down Dee's full-length appearance on Tucker Carlson today. And I'm just going to add this. This is not scripted, but I'm just adding this um, note. When I found this recording, I almost didn't listen to the whole thing because I found it just incredibly just ugh. All of the comments about white nationalism were in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm... I'm deliriously tired right now. I've worked on this all night. But I just wanted to share that with you guys because, honestly, hold out, listen to the whole damn thing. <laughs> and when I heard those comments, it reminded me of when I used to um, hunt down comments for Gavin McInnes, the founder of the Proud Boys, when he would say something truly awful 
I was sitting there with my little laptop and he'd say something just absolutely horrendous in a nice quick soundbite. I would say, thank you, Gavin. Thank you very much. Because it's all about the hunt. It's the hunt. You got to get it. Now, if you want to help out this podcast, I have a Patreon, Decoding Fox News. I also have like a tip thing at the top of my Twitter. This is a very shoestring budget production. I do literally everything for it, including the mixing, recording, research, the editing, the cutting, the clips on Twitter, uh, the Substack maintenance, everything. I work constantly, but I love this gig. Thank you so much for listening. And again, as always, the podcast mascots, Odin and Thor the Cats, also thank you.